pack her punch, gonna find a way, she's gonna get right out of this. She don't want no yoke, she don't want all that, she's gonna find her special kiss. She don't want no sip, she don't want no hot, like bitches and green. She's gonna wish on stars and touch the sky. You know what I mean? She wants the song brave new girl from her 2003 number one album in the zone and it was co-written and produced by today's guest joshua schwartz it also happens to have background vocals by two separate people one of them being previous guest jenny carr and the last one well that happens to be the voice of co-writer cara diaguardi who has lent her voice, her songs, her lyrics, her melodies to so many songs you know. So take a listen and see if you could hear Kara at work. Enjoy. Welcome, I am your host, James Rodriguez Horton, and this is the Original Doll Podcast. The Original Doll. Welcome, I am your host, James Rodriguez Horton, and this is the Original Doll Podcast, a podcast that was created to unpackage music with the people who created it, and we give back to charity. 
So when a guest comes on, for every question they answer, an item gets donated to charity. And within the first 24 hours of each episode being released, we get an item donated to charity. We are presently helping women in domestic abuse shelters and homeless LGBT plus teens. So just by listening, you're able to help us out. So thank you so much. And please be sure to tell friends about this. Tag us, share our information. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram, the.original.dell. And on Twitter, at James Rodriguez, R-O-D-R-I-G-U-E-Z. Now, for those first-time listeners, welcome. For the returners, welcome back. Thank you so much to my Patreons, from Rami to Rochelle to Rachel to Tyler to Tommy, everyone. Thank you all so much. I appreciate it. Um, And for those who want to know a little bit about Patreon, uh, basically supporting us, keeping this podcast going. It is an independent podcast. It is me, myself, and I uh, doing the research, interviewing admin, uh, editing, all that stuff. The artwork, everything is me. So even for as little as a dollar a month, you're supporting this podcast to keep it going. So thank you so much. Patreon.com slash the original doll. So without further ado, I want to hop right into this. Uh, This is one of many episodes with Joshua Schwartz, who spent time with Britney Spears from My Only Wish This Year, through the Britney album, Right Now Taste the Victory, and In the Zone. Uh, We learn a little bit about some of these songs and some of the uh, songs that fans have been asking for. So we'll be having that in upcoming episodes, uh, and maybe you'll hear about a track, a demo, that has not been talked about online. Who knows? (laughs) But be sure to take a listen. Thank you so much, uh, and let's get on to this. So I want to welcome back Joshua Schwartz to the podcast. We're hopping right in and talking about Brave New Girl. Brave New Girl, when I first heard that, it reminded me of Imani Coppola, Legend of a Cowgirl. Great song. I love that song, yeah. We probably, I could see that. It, It was just one of those where it was so, like, abstract pop where it was so, that was Imani Coppola saying, what did you say about my song? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, I remember Imani Coppola's song. Yeah, that was her only, that was a good song, too. That was yep. the, uh, pack my bags, get on my horse. I remember that. I'm gonna drink my whiskey, gonna have my man, I know you got nothing to say. I'm gonna have my man, I'm gonna steal their hearts and save for another day. Ain't gonna hang my hat, I'm gonna take off my boots, ain't nothing gonna stop me in my pursuit. That was a good record. That was cool. Brave New Girl. How did that song come to be? Because, and she was talking about that a lot during the pre-press for the album. So clearly it was a song that um, hit close to home for her. I think it was just, you know, reinventing yourself. I think it was just like coming out, being fearless. And Britney was really involved. Some of the songs she 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 does, the, the Swedish stuff, they're big hits. They're great. I wish I had one. You know, I had a couple of hits, but nothing like, like those worldwide smashes. It would have been cool. <laughs> Believe me. But when we did write together, she was involved. I mean, she loved it. She loved being part of the Love process. That. So we really 
you know, we're, we, Brian, I and her were very, we were really in the room together a long time and talked about a lot of things. And I heard things and we talked about things that'll never go. You know, I told her, no, no this isn't going any further. That's how I am. Yeah. It's an honest, that's, uh, that's my reputation, you know, and I'm not going to go and tell people what I know, or it's just not, uh, I love yeah. everybody. I really got along really well with everybody. I, I had a blast and um, I don't really have any bad experiences. You know, I, I know I was in the room with a lot of guns and people and I love guns, but I got plenty of them, but I love to, I just, uh, you know, with rappers early on in my career, I was doing music for like 50, you know, Brian and I did a record for 50 and Destiny's Child, like earlier on, we did Thug Love. That was our first cut, and we went into like Bad Boy, and we did Carl Thomas, and we did some of the hip hop, and we got out of that and moved over to the pop side a little bit later. So we worked with the way we came up was through that sort of um, this one producer through Bad Boy, but um, we, you know we, we jump around a lot. We we like a lot of different types of music, but Brittany was really involved in the writing. Just to get, digress back to that, sorry, she was she had feelings that she wanted to express and. Uh, you know, we were able to get them out of her. We're really good at that. We both were big Howard Stern fans, Brian and I. So when you listen to Howard, you just know how to listen and talk to people and sort of make them comfortable. And it just became an accident because we listened to Stern for so many years, both of us, and we talk about the Stern show and then we get to work, you know, because you, you have to be a psychopath to listen to Howard as much as Brian and I both did uh, separately too. I'm like, do you hear the show today? I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> So, but Howard had a way about. I'm, a, I'm one of those people, by the way. I'm one of those people, by the way, that's upset that he's on vacation now. I know. Like, I, have I haven't listened. I, like, you know why I can't? It's my kids. My son's eight. I can't. Uh, I can't listen to it in the house like I used to just have it on. And my wife would walk in and be like, oh my God, what is he talking about? I'm like, you don't understand. Sal and Richard are having a contest where they're going to pee into this or that. And she's like, who's Sal and Richard? I'm like, you don't get it. Just please, can I have my thing? So I'm probably going to eventually start listening to it again, but you really learn how to talk to people. I think that's what made me not care if you're the biggest star in the world or you're just my guy that I'm buying, whatever. I treat everybody the same. And I think when you're in a writing session, it's important. Like the first thing Brian and I do, our process was we'd go to lunch. You know, they start, we'd start our session at 11 or 12. They come over, let's just go to Chipotle or something. We're hanging out. So what's going on? What do you want to write about? What kind of moody in? We, we would always talk, whether it's a writer or an artist, we want to get in their head a little bit. And I already know what Brian's going to write. He already knew what I was going to write. We kind of knew each other since we're 16. Uh, so that was 30 years, you know? Um, so at this point we were like, we wanted to know like, what's the infusion going to bring to the table? What's this person going through? And it helped a lot, especially what was really cool about writing with younger people is they would say things and you pick up little words they use. You know, that's how we were able to stay young and fresh is watching the, what was that OC or whatever was on and yeah, you know, it's conversational and it's not adults and it's like young language and that helps too. I know I'm all over the place, but that's kind of the process. Like just, you can pick up a song anywhere. Stuff just flies at you and you're just like, you know, whoa, that's a great idea for a song. It doesn't happen anymore. So my head is a little more empty now, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but 
So when you work on these big projects though, do you, have you been able to listen to the other tracks that were being created? Yeah. When I talked to people during like the circus era, they were like, they were at Conway and they're like, Studio One, we were working at Circus, then If You See Gamey was here. And then it's like, they were all happening at the same time. So were you aware of any of the songs that were gonna make the album as well? Yes, I can't remember what song I was mixing, but Max was doing I'm Not a Girl in the other room. And I was mixing, maybe anticipating or something or cutting the boat. I think we were cutting guitars to anticipating because Niall Rogers played guitar on that. Niall Rogers played guitar. And here's what's so cool. He didn't charge us. He just goes, I just, can I bring my daughter to meet Brittany? And that was it, that's all he asked for. We got Niall Rogers on that. If you look at the credits, that was the most insane I think moment ever in the history of all things. Uh, he came in and he was the coolest. You didn't realize Niles played on it. I know, I wish it said featuring Nile Rogers. I even put it in my credits when I turned him into the label, but I don't think they added it. I mean, this guy did like a virgin. He did, uh, what did he do? I mean, everything, 70s to the 80s. Yeah, that was cool. That was really cool. And he was so cool. He came in with his fender. And he sat down, he plugged in, and he just started doing the Nile He just goes, all right, is that what you're kind of doing? And Brian and I are looking at him we're like, look, we just copied what you would have done because we grew up listening to you play. So whatever you want to do, do it. Don't ask <laughs> us for direction. You're Nile effing Rogers, you know? And we just were like, I can't believe I'm in the room with that. I don't have cam. We didn't have cameras back then. We didn't have phones like this. I had like a, you know, like a, hey, what's up? Uh, you know, that's what I carried. So a lot of this, I don't have documents of. Some people don't even believe I had this. I mean, I have some pictures, but most I just have gold records and platinum. Records. I have cool stuff like keep in my house. That's it. Um, I don't share that many experiences unless I'm asked, but had a really fun time. But that was cool, man. Nile Rogers was a hero. So being in the room with him was like, whoa, that was a big deal. Well, it was during that she came in. I think it was that song. I think it was that song or one, it was that album though. And I remember she came in, and sat down like this and she was like, oh, and we're like, what's up? What's going on? And she's like, if I have to sing, I'm not a girl one more time. I swear to God, like she was losing it. Max is a perfectionist. He's like Matlin. So yep. I just remember Brittany like losing her mind because he had her sing like, I did the back, you know, how she does her thing. And I think there was just a little thing was bugging him. And she, she ran out of the room and took a break and ran into with us. And then sooner, five minutes later, Max walks in and I'm like, what's up, dude? And he goes, looking for Brittany. And I'm like, oh man, uh, I think she's hiding from you, bro. <laughs> Max and Rami, I think it was Rami. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, the duty always worked with. Um, they were all just looking for yep. like, Brittany, hello. And um, she kind of ran away for a minute just to take a mental break because she kept re-singing and re-singing. But, but that song had, it was really, uh, she needed to sound vulnerable. I mean, they did a beautiful job. I think Dido wrote that song with Max from what I can yep, remember. She came in to clean it up. Yeah, it was a beautiful, it was a really beautiful song. It was perfect for that time in her life. They did a great job of that. <laughs> um, oh, it popped up. With Kara, uh, we um we had the Brave New Girl. I remember we had uh, the, the the verse, the tracks. I remember Steve Lunt was like, loved it. Steve Lunt was the A&R guy, right? And, um, and he loved the idea in the Brave New Girl, but we just didn't have an opening melody 
to the chorus. So we would get to, she's in the da, 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 da and we'd get to the point where we'd be like, and go. <laughs> and none of us could, like Brittany and all of us, we'd sit there banging our heads against the wall like we just didn't feel anything. I did not know that, by the way. Thank you so much for telling me. I did not know at all you worked on like anything that would have been even towards yeah, a part. That, cool. that was cool. That was, uh, we had a track and uh, Clive Davis heard the track and loved it. And he was like for Carlos and then Carlos heard it, loved it. And then Kara wrote on it and Sean Paul was supposed to write on it. And then he was going through something he was kind of going through at the time. I don't know, some kind of, he just didn't write a great record over it. And I love Sean Paul. And uh, it would have been amazing. And, you know, with as much as Clive, just Clive loving the track was great enough for me. I'm like, well, we'll you know, who can we get to write it? So they brought in Kara, even though Brian and I are writers, they brought in Kara, who was the biggest writer in New York, probably at the time. And um, she wrote, I thought she wrote something great. Andrea Martin also wrote a great song on top of that track. Andrea is famous for um, uh, Better in Time. Uh, Leona Lewis. Leona Lewis, she wrote that. She wrote Don't Go Away Love for In Vogue. Uh, Andrea's a great, great, I know, Andrea's a great writer and one of my favorite people. Um, but she, uh, she tried writing a song and she, I thought hers was great too. Kara's was a little different. So we ended up recording a song with Kara and this dude who had a big hit, but wasn't a huge artist. His name was Kevin Little. Do you remember him? It looks really high, sort of, all right, up here, like, you know, yep. you know, voice. song it was cool it, it, you know I guess it just didn't blow Clive's mind um and a few people wrote over our track and it just ended up not going anywhere but that's how I already knew Kara so so when they brought in for Britney it wasn't a big deal we already had a relationship and uh I remember um talking to her I think some of the idea for the song we had her melody and then we went to go record it and there was something that just wasn't right and I remember calling Kara and she was like at a club or she's so she's kind of like edgy like that she's like fuck it, I'm at this meeting, I'm bored. I don't, I don't wanna, I don't wanna deal with this right now. So she's like, what's going on? I said, check this out. And I remember playing it to her over the phone 
from a studio in LA and she was like, okay, try this. And she was giving us ideas over the phone and it ended up working really well. And I remember we like kind of co-wrote it in the room in New York, but then something wasn't right in LA when we were recording it with Brittany and she wasn't with us. And, um, and then I remember we kind of nailed it over the phone in the studio with her. I just remember talking to her, this is so, so long ago, like, but I do remember, uh, I do remember we did it with her and, uh, we got along really well. Karen's like, cool. She's like, she's like, kind of like, she bros out. Like we, we were it. drinking, we were working with Willa Ford once together and we were all drinking Maker's Mark out of the bottle, you know, like, <laughs> you know, it was like, cool. She's a cool, a cool girl. She's like a New Yorky writer, you know, she's kind of edgy and, and cool. Nice well, person. And what I love is when I hear Brave New Girl, it's vastly different sonically than like anticipating that's where you take me. And I think that's why I really like the tracks that you worked on with the, the Britney and the in the zone, because it's so vocally textures, everything is so different, which I really like that it wasn't the give me the same old thing. Like to yeah. me, Brave New Girl, and I, and I mentioned it to you before, reminded me of this like Imani Coppola Legend of a Cowgirl song where it was so weird sounding, but I was drawn in. And then the more listens I had, the more I heard all these different things, because there's a lot going on, which I love. Yeah. And I think that's what makes it, we got many, many emails. Somebody said, can you please ask if right away they knew if Brave New Girl was going to be on the album, because there's no way that this was not going to be a hit on the album. Um, yeah, we were writing for the album from day one. Like we were the first ones to write. We just, she wanted to experiment. She got her taste of writing on the third album. She knew she had to, it was a pre 9-11 world that we did that album in. And uh, September 11th happened. We were already done with the album. And then we didn't know what the world was going to be like, let alone her album sales and what the sound, you know, people are going to want to hear more organic things more. I mean, I feel selfish to even talk about what music would have sounded like post 9-11. But we literally, I remember texting Larry Rudolph and being, how is everybody, is she downtown? Is everybody okay? Because Brittany lived around the corner on uh, over by Bond Street Sushi, like down there um, mm-hmm. in, the, in, the, in the village. And uh, her, her and her brother had a had a like, a like a flat down there, and I remember texting him, and, and then everybody, you know, once I heard back from everybody throughout the day that some people made it into the city, some people didn't. Um, I think Brittany was in LA at the time. Um, after that, you know, the album came out, and then Brittany, you know, that 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 album Brittany came out. Uh, the fourth album, when we were working on it, they asked us to fly out to LA with her. Actually, it was the first time I ever flew with her. Uh, it was weird. We were going to fly out and meet her at the studio. She was like, I'm, I'm leaving tonight out of Teterboro. So we jumped on the, on the plane with her, hmm. on her jet, which was really wild. They're like, you want to fly out with her? She's got a plane. I'm like, no, that sounds awful. <laughs> well, I mean, again, I'm, I, I'm, I have no idea what goes on in my life. I just shit, just I fall into shit, you know? <laughs> I'm sitting here, I'm like, who am I in a fucking jet with Britney Spears, two bodyguards, my friend I was in a band with, how the fuck? <laughs> how does this? I don't even understand how I'm here. I'm just a schmuck from New Jersey. I told you, I was like, I just wrote songs. I don't know how any of this was going down. But when we first started experimenting for that album, uh, we didn't know what to do. You know, it was um, it, we knew it had to change. So we were playing around. Brave New Girl was one of the one of the first things. I know. Don't hang up was um, in the middle of that album. I think it's when she broke up with. Uh, with Justin. Justin. So, so her mentality changed, you know, in that, uh, what was the big one? It was me against the music. They were, they were, they were, um, 
that was the first single. We had every opportunity to probably get a first single on that. And we just didn't, you know, um, we, we really had a lot of opportunity there and we wrote, you know, don't hang up. We did brave new girl. We did a bunch of other stuff, but it wasn't, I think we were thinking like Kylie Minogue meets, you know, all of that kind of Europe. They wanted a more Euro, Euro thing. Um, I think toxic is what really set the bar for the album. Once I heard that, I was like, oh, okay, that's what you're trying to, because she was experimenting with all these new people, Bloodshy, um, and Avant and us, we were playing around, but we just didn't I mean, Kathy to... Dennis being involved in that, doing, you right. know, toxic Dennis and stuff. And, Kylie, and they were going for that more international, I think, sort of dancey thing, which would have, you know, I, I think that would have worked. I don't think they ended up doing only that. They ended up with... Um, me against the music, which was uh, Tricky Stewart, I think. I'm trying to yep. remember. Yep, Tricky Stewart, uh, and the original, uh, like top liner on it was Penelope Magnet before Madonna even came into play, and it had a whole rap section with her. Have no fear, we have more with Joshua Schwartz coming up over the next few weeks. Don't forget to follow me on Instagram, the.original.doll, and on Twitter, at James Rodriguez, R-O-D-R-I-G-U-E-Z. And just to let people know, over the next couple months, I'm going to be doing some fun little giveaways and, and some fun things. But what I want you all to do for the next couple months, tag me with a picture of you with your Britney Spears music collection love seeing these things so make sure you tag me you might be getting a little surprise in the mail uh, if i see it and respond and so much more so uh don't forget follow subscribe like the original doll podcast with james rodriguez horton we are the podcast that unpackages music with the people who created it so be sure to be on the lookout and we have more episodes coming up very soon see you on the flip side <laughs>